My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. You made it. We're here. Both of us. Inside these ear canals of yours. Today's episode marks the end of our second season. It's been a trip, right? But don't worry. We'll be back. You can think of this as our vacation. With today's episode, we're packing up our gear and heading off to whatever endless summer we can find. First class. And you'll learn about how you can upgrade your own ticket to Utopia, too. All right, cue the music. Let's start the show. If you've wanted yet feared to do work that is weird, this is the show you just need to hear. You might know Brian Kelly by his other name, The Points Guy. Since 2011, Brian's blog has hacked the credit card's points reward system to help folks get the most out of their money spent. But Brian's journey to becoming the points guy wasn't without its fair shake of turbulence. We talk about how Brian's been cut out for this gig basically since he was a teenager, which credit card he can't live without, and how you, yes you, you too can be champagne sword popping bubbly in first class in no time. I'm Sam Balter, and this is Weird Work. Now let's listen to them speak about their jobs, which are quite unique. Weird Work. So give me a run through. What are the credit cards in your pocket right now? You know, I don't leave home without my Chase Sapphire Reserve. That came out in 2016. That kaboomed the market, so to speak. It offered triple points on all travel and all dining. And historically, you know, on credit cards, it was like double points on a single airline or a single hotel. Well, the Sapphire Reserve came out and said, we'll, we'll give you triple on every single airline in the world, every hotel, Uber, Lyft, parking, tolls, you name it. Like the travel category was shockingly wide. And then food is everything from every restaurant and bar to also like seamless and whatnot. So, you know, if you're an urban dwelling millennial like myself, and I'm barely a millennial, still kind of <laughs> grappling on for hope there. I mean, I live in New York City, and that's all I spend my money on is transportation and food. So that card really shook the market. Since then, there have been a bunch of new cards. So Amex Platinum gives 5X on travel. At the Points Guy, we put everyone's flights on Amex Platinum because we're getting 5X. And, you know, with 100 employees who travel all over the world, that adds up pretty darn quickly. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't know, if you're a small business owner, you know, we do tons of Google advertising and Facebook ads. And there are cards, uh, the Inc. Preferred gives triple points on online advertising. So does the Amex Business Gold. So the key to the game is to look at every single dollar you spend your money on and then choose a card that's going to give you the most return back. So you've taken a small blog and basically have built this empire of media. But where did your love of points come from? 
Well, my love of points started actually in the 90s. So I was born in 83. Yeah. So my dad got a job um, working from home and he was in healthcare. So he, he was a consultant and he, it was first startup and he had to book all of his own travel. You know, I was a computer whiz in the house at age 12. My first job was booking his travel. Travelocity had just launched and it was really easy. He paid me 10 bucks a reservation. He thought I was spending an hour each time. Meanwhile, it was like taking me two seconds. I was like, what a sucker. Like, you know, so <laughs> it's kind of funny that now looking back, I'm like, this isn't really that far of a stretch that I'm, I'm doing what I do now because I was a little hustler as a kid around travel. Yeah. But um, one day, you know, I have three siblings. I grew up outside of Philly, middle class family. You know, we didn't have tons of money to like we weren't going to Europe like a lot of my friends so one day he's like Brian if you can figure out how to use all my miles they were spread out on like American Airlines and US Airways and I called up and I like befriended this woman Beverly at US Airways and I was like where can I go with these miles and I had just read the book The Firm by John Grisham and they had gone to the Cayman Islands and I was like that sounds amazing like Caribbean it's safe <laughs> and so I just booked our family to the Cayman Islands and my dad actually thought we were going to Grand Canyon when I said like, we're going to Grand Cayman. And then like a week later, he's like, dude, we don't have passports. Like we had to get passports to go. And it was like kind of surreal. Like my mom and I routed through Miami using his American miles, but our family of six ended up, we rented a house on VRBO. This was 1996. And we had like the best trip of our lives. And it was like a thousand dollars total out of pocket for the week for our family of six. I laugh about it with my parents where they're like, how the hell did we let our like 13 year old child like book a whole trip to the Caribbean? But you know, it was an amazing trip. And then so every year after that, you know, my dad traveled a ton. He missed my basketball games, boo hoo. But every year we'd go to the Caribbean for like eight days in January. So it was kind of like points in the 90s for me were like a way of like making up for time that my dad missed with us as a business traveler. In that first time that you actually put together this travel plan for your family, did they believe you? Like, you know what I mean? Like, cause, <laughs> cause like if your dad has no idea how points work, you know, or not no idea, but like, it's kind of unfamiliar. And like, even back then, like points were still a relatively, you know, new ish concept. I would think it would seem so ludicrous that like a 12 year old kid took these points and now the whole family is going to the Caymans. Well, my dad actually did, I call him the original points guy. He was a maximizer. Like I remember Wendy's had this thing, you could cut out the bottom of a cup and get like 500 American Airlines miles, which was worth like $5 for a, when you bought a $1 soda. So my dad was like collecting them and same thing with like Life Cereal, they had coupons. So my dad also was like, he knew that there was value in them. He just didn't know how to redeem them, which is like still the case, you know, 20 some years later, most people have points and don't know how. I just decided to figure out how to actually use them. So my dad, my parents knew that there was value there. Um, and I don't know, I just always been a little shit starter. So I, I think I just convinced my parents to do it. And, and then they were like, okay, this is awesome. Okay, so I heard in 2008, Mark Cuban said, if you use a credit card, then you don't want to be rich. What do you say to the cubes? Dude, you're an idiot. Um, no, I, I get, you know, there's a lot of people out there, the Susie Ormans of the world that'll say, you know, they're speaking to a mass audience. You know, sadly, a lot of Americans are in debt and that's who they're speaking to. And, and it is true. If you're in credit card debt, and you're putting more money on that credit card, you are dumb. That being said, a lot of people aren't dumb. And that's who I speak to at the points guy. 
Okay, so if you're in debt, probably don't get a credit card. If you're not massively in debt, it's foolish not to have one. Yeah, I would say if you're not in debt and you know how to you know control your finances, if you're not putting your purchases on credit cards, you are literally taking cash in your hand and throwing it in the trash can because points are a currency. And you know credit cards are ultra lucrative for consumers who have good credit. And if you're not playing the game, you are missing out. I mean, you could be flying around the world first class for a fraction of the cost, thanks to all the credit card companies. Can I ask you just a simple question? Points could be used for all sorts of things. How would you define what a point is? We actually have monthly valuations of points and miles. So no, none of these programs are the same. You know, like one Hilton point is worth far less than one chase point, for example. So, I mean, our team of nerds, you know, we go out there and we say, what, what, what can average consumers, what do you actually get from a Hilton point, right? So it's 95,000 points for like a nice hotel room that's 600 bucks. Um, but we also are now using data. So we will scan a hundred hotels and blend the average. And so we basically come out monthly with valuations. You know, the best currencies out there are Amex membership rewards points, Chase Ultimate Rewards, Capital One points now transfer to airlines. The point of the game is that you don't want to put all your miles or points in one basket. You know, if you've got all your miles with Delta and all of a sudden you need to stay in a hotel, like you're not going to be able to do that. Or, you know, so yeah. the transferable points currencies are the way to go. We've got a whole team of experts at the Points Guy, people who literally just sit there and look through the fine print on new promotions and testing out different transfer partners. If you have any currency, you can Google the Points Guy, how to maximize Amex points. And we've got yeah. a bunch of killer posts that'll teach you how to do that. So before you actually become the Points Guy, I assume you go to college. What were you doing before that job? Both of my older brothers went to University of Pittsburgh. I went to Pitt. My mom said to me, be a big fish in a small pond. Right after 9-11, I was like, you know what? I'm going to get involved. Like, let's let's do this. I want to be president of my dorm. And I ended up getting elected. And then I got super involved at Pitt and became the student body president, which then allowed me to travel all over the U.S., going to conferences. And then I studied abroad. So it was in college that all of a sudden I had U.S. Airways gold status out of nowhere. That's when I found Flyer Talk, which is an online community. I don't know if you've ever been to it. No. So it was in the early 2000s that I kind of discovered that there were like, you know, probably 100,000 people around the world who were also like crazy mileage. Um, you know, it was that moment of like, oh, there's others like me out there. And it was just a community of people who were obsessed with points and knew that, you know, everyday people who figured out that using points, they could fly, you know, and travel like a millionaire. And that's to this day what I love about points. Like they kind of democratize travel. Like we have readers at the Point Sky, like college kids who are studying abroad, but flying Singapore first class. So yeah, so it was in college that I started traveling and studying abroad, and I, I really became obsessed with travel. I have ADD, so I had terrible grades, but I was like super involved in my fraternity, student body president. So after, after college, I got a job at Lord & Taylor as a buyer in cosmetics. And that was like the, the thing that got me to New York. Very weird curveball that you became a cosmetics yeah. buyer. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I thought I know I I thought they were gonna put me in like men's ties or something. And then they're yeah. like, no, Brian, you're gonna it was actually the largest buying office at the company and it was it was I learned so much about marketing. Um so we were in the, the head buying office of Lord and Taylor and you know, we were coming up with the campaign, you know, clinic gift with purchase. And I, here I am as a twenty two year old like frat guy out of college who had terrible style. And but I'm like sitting at the Clinique Tower, you know, in Manhattan, coming up with like the new fall campaign for what <laughs> lipstick was going to pop. It was it's, so many parts of my life have just been filled with moments. And even to this day, often like 
I'll like pinch myself and be like, is this real? Like, why am I here right now? I'm not complaining, but it's, but every, every single step has been, uh, you know, it, it, it happens for a reason. And often you don't know it at the time. And that's what I tell people, just put yourself out there and, and don't think that your dream thing is going to happen right away. Sometimes you have to, you know, the paths we take are may not make sense, but hopefully you'll end up where you're supposed to be, which I'm confident I am now. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you're flying all around the world and first class and living large. So I think things seem to be pretty good. <laughs> I can't complain. So like what made you go from being a points fanatic to starting the points guy blog? So after, you know, Lord and Taylor, I was, this is 06, 07. I'm living in the city in my early 20s, broke AF. I mean, I was making 50 grand a year, but I thought I would be rich. But then I moved to New York City and I was literally like living in, destitution as as many people experience uh and you know i even had a little bit of credit card debt so that was during like the the pre-recession boom all my friends on wall street were making sick money lord and taylor had moved me to hr to do all of our college recruiting which was actually a dream job i was like i get paid to go to college campuses and you know hold information sessions but from there i was like well if i'm going to do hr i might as well go to a bank and somehow i convinced morgan stanley to hire me as their uh, in their technology campus recruiting team. So my job was to go to MIT and Columbia and Stanford and convince computer science undergrads and grad students to join Morgan Stanley. So in that, because the competition is so fierce between you know these banks and tech companies that I had an unlimited expense account and I was going to like MIT, I would go to and buy 10 Nintendo Wiis to take on campus because no like really smart kid wants to go and just learn about Morgan Stanley when they, you know, the Google information session is next door. So wait, back up. This is 2006, you said you're working at Morgan Stanley? I started at Morgan Stanley August of 07, which was literally right before the financial world like exploded. But I thought I was going to get rich. I was like, okay, cool. Like everything's great. It was literally my first month and we we're on the trading floor and all the traders were like, uh-oh, like this is weird, like record trading volume. I'm like, that's a good thing because more trades means more money for everyone. And they're like, no, this is really weird. Something bad is happening. And then, so of course in 08, the world explodes. I remember actually being at MIT right after Lehman went under and I was, you know, at the career fair as the HR recruiter and the Lehman boxes were never unpacked because, you know, they didn't have employees because they no longer existed. I just remember as the day went on, it was like scavengers. People just started opening up their cases of giveaways and everyone was just like scavenging on Lehman Brothers career fair, like booth <laughs> materials. I was like, this is a sick world we live in. Uh, it's just so funny to me that you're like handing out like Nintendos and shit at MIT like with an unlimited yeah, HR budget. And then like within yeah. a few months of you taking this job, the whole world around you world is, starts collapsing. Yeah. That's insane. Exactly. And so you started the Point Sky blog within this time period or yeah, so slightly it actually, later? So, so it was, so the world ends and I'm just like, oh, please don't lose my job. Please don't lose my job. But you know, every year I was in HR, I never lost my job, but every year my boss would be like, great job, you're promoted your bonus is not getting fired. So basically, you know, I was there throughout the recession every year, no bonus, no bonus. I'm in my twenties and I'm like still living paycheck to paycheck. And, but at the same time, my points earning was like crazy because I was paying for all these career fairs. I was putting $50,000 charges for, you know, the Harvard career fair. All my coworkers hated the expense system because you had to fax in receipts. I loved it because I was like every single receipt I faxed in was free miles because I could keep my points for my Amex corporate card. 
So everyone at the company was like, Brian, he's our savior. We all hate doing expenses. So every, like, it was like $100,000 for things. And I'm like, these dumbos, like every time I'm, you know, like I'm getting a free trip to Europe by just doing my expenses. I was like jetting off on the weekends. I had so many miles. I was like flying first class to the Seychelles on long weekends. And everyone's like, dude, how are you doing this? Do you have a trust fund? It wasn't a trust fund, it was my points. And then so at work, everyone was like, well, how do I use my points? I mean, I, I had like a queue at my cubicle. And then it hit me, I was like, you know what? I'm really good at this. Like, why don't I charge people 50 bucks to, for doing this? Because everyone loves what I'm doing and no one knows how to do it. So that's how the points guy started. I actually, in April of 2010, launched the website and it wasn't even a blog, it was just a form. And you could put in uh, your name, all the miles you had and where you wanted to go. And it would send an email to me and I would write back and say, hey, I can help you email, you know, PayPal me 50 bucks per ticket and I'll teach you how to use those miles to go to where you want to go. And then I would just write back and say, call the airline, you know, so it's kind of like a points travel agency. Hmm. And it was good. I just started annoying every person I knew and I was, you know, come home from work and spend a couple hours doing that, make a hundred bucks here and there. It was like a nice little side hustle. Yeah. In June of that year, a friend was like, Brian, you can really ramp your business up. He was a WordPress developer. I had no idea what WordPress was. He was like an SEO expert. I had no idea what that was. He's <laughs> like, if you start a blog, you know, just write about points and how people can use them. And then you'll naturally get people searching for how do I use my Amex points? They'll come to your site. And then you, it'll be like a free way to like, you know, have more clients. So you don't have to just bother your friends. And I was like, all right, seems easy enough. I've always loved writing. So in June of 2010, I started my first blog. He's like, don't even bother doing like stuff to, to spoof Google. Just write good content every single day and the rest will follow. So every day I just wrote a tip or I'd write up a story about how I use my points. And like within a couple months, people started like commenting. And then it was like that fall of 2010. I remember going to a cocktail party in New York and someone like sort of freaked out. They're like, you're the points guy. And I just remember being like, what? Like this is just this tiny little blog that I like just, you know, click away right before I go to bed every night. And so that's when I knew like there was like there was a community forming and, and like the referrals were crazy. Everyone was like recommending the site to their friends. Yeah, it was February of 2011 that one of my friends from college was like, hey, dumbass, you're writing about credit cards every day. Like, I work for a company that, that does marketing for Amex and we'll pay you. And I was like, no, this is my passion project. I don't want to sell ads. Like, I'm not a sellout, man. And he was like, <laughs> you're an idiot. He's like, everyone on the internet is there to make money. Like, you think Google does it just for like charity? Like, and I was like, okay, I guess you're right. And uh, so he got me into affiliate marketing, which sounded spammy, but I was like, well, might as well try it. Yeah. And it was like 5,000 bucks the first month and then 100,000 the next, and then I quit my job. So it was like nine months after blogging, it just, my life changed completely. So two months after you started getting like sizable checks, you were like, this is good. I'm just going to do this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because it was more, I mean, and it was like this whole, like this, this holy storm that brewed, like the New York Times had reached out. And so I had met with the New York Times and told them all about points. They ended up writing this amazing post on the same day that Chase came out with this 100,000 point British Airways offer. Yeah. This was back in April of 2011. And I remember New York Times, I like changed the way that they all thought about points. They wrote this post about the points guy, the number one site you need to know now about travel on the same day that like the credit card companies were like, oh no, we want to offer a points bonus. So it, that went viral and that's what made me that, you know, $100,000. Um, but yeah, from that point on, I was like, holy crap, the more I write, the more money I make. So then I started hiring people and um, it was it was sort of like, my parents were like, you're insane, you can't quit Morgan Stanley, but. Yeah, 
But I mean, at that point in time, everything's collapsing, right? I just think they thought it was too good to be true. I started blogging in February, March. I didn't see a check until June or so. So I quit because it was like, it t basically the credit card companies pay affiliate companies, affiliate companies then would pay someone else that would pay me. So I was like, it was like a three month plus wait before I could technically see any of this money I was generating. So mm. I actually borrowed 10 grand from my parents, like just to pay rent and stuff. And I was like, I don't know if these checks are gonna come. I'm pretty sure I'm rich, but like, I don't know, I guess this could be a joke. So <laughs> luckily it, the checks did clear. From that point on, I was like, okay, how many other smarter people can I get to help write? And then yeah, this company called Bankrate, which owned bankrate.com and creditcards.com. It was a publicly traded company. A friend of mine was like, you should meet the CEO. He wants to meet you. And um, I met him in April of 2012, and he's like, I want to buy your site. And by it was six weeks later, I sold this little blog that was basically only profitable for one year to a publicly traded company. More from Brian after this quick break. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. So to your point, there's sort of a lot of different ways that you can use these points. And I was wondering if we could just do a really quick speed round about points. You ready? Make me work. Okay, so let's see. We'll go with an easy one. Chase Sapphire reserved or preferred? Reserve all the way, all the way. It's it's $450, which a lot of people will say, that's yeah, crazy, but you get 300 right off the bat in free travel. So it's really a $150 card. The preferred is 95, but for that $55 difference, you're earning 3X points instead of 2X on travel and dining. So we crunch the numbers. If you spend $8 a day on food and transport and travel, you're going to make way more in value with the reserve. So basically any cool kid in points has a Chase Sapphire reserve. 
Got it. Okay, best airline uh, for rewards and experiences. Of the major U.S. airlines, like United Miles, I value the most, either United or Alaska. Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, United flights are not better. You know, Delta is probably the best overall run airline to, to fly, but their rewards are the worst. So each airline and program has its ups and downs. The point is maximize each airline um, and program for their maximum value. But And that's getting back to the point. You don't want to put all your miles or points in one basket. Favorite city in the world? Probably London. I just, London has got the New York energy, but it's prettier and it's, you know, located really easy to do some cool travel and Brits are just fun people and they work less. So we just launched TPG UK earlier this year and one of these days I'm not coming home. <laughs> okay, so let's see, worst myth about credit cards. You know, the worst myth is getting a credit card is gonna ruin your credit score and that's just patently false. You know, FICO, which is the only real credit score you should worry about, they put on their website exactly what goes goes into a credit score. So as long as you pay your bills on time, in full, the more credit cards you have, the higher your credit score will go. And I think that's when we educate people on that. And, you know, you're getting these credit cards that are giving you thousands of dollars. Wait, really? Yeah, absolutely. Is that? Oh, shit. I have 25 credit cards in it. And you want to know why? Because the second yeah. biggest part of your score is your utilization. So every time you open up a credit card, your the pool of available credit becomes bigger and bigger. So if you're smart with your finances and you're paying your bills off in full, like most of our readers do, you have this big pool. And then the utilization percentage is much lower. Even if you uh, pay your bills in on time, sometimes they'll they'll report your utilization. So the people in our in our world, it's it's crazy. The more credit cards you have, the more value you get, the better your score is. Now, I don't recommend everyone going out and getting 20 credit cards today, but yeah. I mean, I have 25. I, I manage them like you know they're my stock portfolio, and I never miss a payment. But that that's how credit works. So it's it's kind of. <laughs> it's kind of no-brainer, and in the in the U.S., our credit cards are so valuable. Um, it's not like anywhere else. Like it's so lucrative in the U.S. So that's what I love. Once people get that out of their head, they're like, "Wait a minute, I can go to Bangkok for free by getting a single credit card sign-up bonus." And that's yeah. you know, when, when I see people on the street, they high-five me and they're like, "Dude, my my bachelor party was in Bangkok instead of Atlantic City. Like, pound it." And that's a pretty good feeling. I shout out to you. I owe you basically my honeymoon because after reading the points guy, I figured out how to use, like open up all the cards to get that paid for. Well, I, I owe you drinks next time because that's clear. <laughs> we make money when our readers open credit cards. So drinks on me, especially Perfect. if we're in an airline lounge and I don't have to pay for them. <laughs> you mentioned that you're like, you manage all of your 25 or whatever credit cards, like a stock portfolio. What does that look like? Like, is that a spreadsheet? Is this like, how is this a set of, of commandments that you follow only use this card in this situation? Like, how do you keep track of all of these different things? For tracking points, there's a service I use called Award Wallet. They're probably the best loyalty point tracker. It's far from perfect though, because some airlines aren't supported. But, you know, we're actually, it's a lot of it is Excel and a lot of it's just institutional knowledge, which is why, we're actually in the process of relaunching our app, which is gonna track your points, track your credit card spend, and using a set of tools we're creating ourselves will actually help our users analyze you know, the last year of spend and say, if you would have used this card, you actually would have gotten this much back in value. And then, you know, no one wants to switch their credit cards and, and bill pay and all that, but 
when you use a, like a couple different credit cards for different purchases, it really adds up. And then the, the real key to the app, we bought a company called Expert Flyer, which syncs up with airlines and scans for award availability and upgrades. So in our app, you're gonna be able to put in trip goals. Like I wanna go to Bora Bora in business class, you know, in November of 2020, we're gonna actually help our app users make sure A, they're getting the content they need and making sure they're not missing out on any deals related to where they wanna go. And then also, um, you know, how to use those points. So if you've got Amex points, there's 30 different transfer partners. You know, which mm. one is best to go from LA to Bora Bora? Um, we're building that all now, and that's going to be in beta the end of this year, but it's going to change the game because we're actually going to say, hey, Dumbo, don't use that card. Use this one for, you know, your Home Depot purchase. So we're, we're really excited to get this back. We used to have one called tpg to go years ago that did this, but the new one is going to be amazing, and that's really the future of the points guy is tools. Now, points are another form of currency. You do a lot of travel. You've had a lot of amazing experience. What's the dream travel experience that you just can't buy with points? Yeah, I mean, I definitely want to go to space. And Virgin Galactic <laughs> did at one point have a points redemption option. They don't right now. Uh, we're still a little bit off. I think this year, Richard Branson will be going you know, to space. For most terrestrial things, you know, points are money, basically. So if you can buy it with money, you can probably buy it with points. You know, people always ask me, like, my favorite way to use points. We donate millions of points a year to a bunch of organizations. We actually save people's lives with freaking flyer miles. So through this uh, organization called Rainbow Railroad, LGBT people around the world who are being persecuted, jailed, killed, beaten. We actually use points and we fly people out of countries like Jamaica and Russia and Egypt and we get them asylum. I've met a lot of the refugees that we've helped and, well, asylees, I guess, you know, using points to help change someone's life who was born into a horrible situation, I think that's the most fulfilling for sure. That's incredible. I had I had no idea that you guys did that. That's that's truly amazing. Where can people learn more about all your insights into points and travel? Yeah, so I mean, thepointsguy.com is our website. We've got under guides, uh, we have a beginner's guide that we just refreshed. It's fun, it's easy, take it slow, educate yourself. I mean, at the end of the day, points are a currency. But unlike Bitcoin or the US dollar, where it fluctuates every day out of our control, what I love about loyalty points and credit card points is that the more you mine your specific knowledge, the more time you spend to educate yourself on how to earn more points, because they're all around us. Every single thing you do, you don't have to travel through shopping and other dining, you can earn points. But the more you spend in mining your knowledge, the more valuable they become. But beware, like once you go down the rabbit hole, like there's no turning back. And especially once you go on a plane and you redeem and you fly first class, it's going to ruin you. So be careful because once you're in on this game, there's no turning back. But I think the rewards are pretty good. Well, Brian, my New Year's resolution in 2019 was to get better at points. How's it coming along so far? I'm stacking points. I learned about point transfer from you guys, which I didn't fully understand how to do. So now I ha know how to do that. that. That's the ninja stuff. I signed up with a hotel loyalty program. Me and my wife are now pooling points together. So yeah, we've been, we've been doing pretty good. You sound good. I mean, the check, check, check. Those are some advanced concepts that, that you've got. So, you know, my big thing is if people listening out there have points, don't be a hoarder. You know, like the airlines do keep raising the amount of points needed for flights. So, you know, don't squander your points right now and just redeem them on nothing. But, you know, put a goal in mind and use them because over time they do devalue. Well... 
Brian, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. I really appreciate it. I love hearing about all the work that you're doing and the ways that you're helping save so many people money and just live more exciting lives. Well, thanks for having me and safe travels. Today's episode was written and produced by Matthew Brown. Music from Tyler Litwin. Our theme song is written and performed by the wonderful Matt Farley. Additional help came from Isis Madrid. As we draw the shades on yet another season of Weird Work, I just want to take a quick minute and give a big thank you to, well, you. You're the reason we make this show and the reason we get to make this show. All of the emails you've sent in over the course of the season have been incredible. This community of weirdos is made up of some of the most amazing people on the planet. If you want to keep up with the show, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Weird Work. And with that, we'll see you in 2020. Man, the future. Okay, as always, I'm Sam Balter, and stay weird, you champagne supernovas. Beautiful.